So we've been considering the last few weeks about making room for Jesus, especially this time of season. Uh, and this morning, uh, we're going to be talking into joy. We've been going through um, <clears throat> four themes. We've looked at hope, love. Um, Dave, did we get last week's study up online? It will be today. It will be today. I would encourage you guys um, to take a listen if you missed last week. Um, it's very clear gospel and just the hope um, or the love that we consider that we have in Christ. In this last Wednesday, I got to share that same study up in the jail. Um, and I've been doing ministry up there for quite a few years now. And just through the word, you guys know we went through a lot of scripture last week. Um, the Holy Spirit fell in a radical way. It was one of those things the guys were just like, uh, what is going on? The Spirit just really moved and spoke. And we just had a really neat time of prayer. But there's something that happens when hearts truly turn to God and eyes are open to how much he loves us and what the scriptures have to say. But who cares if we say to one another, God loves you? It's something when the Holy Spirit speaks that truth and we respond to it. Um, but this morning we're looking to joy. Um, and next week we'll look at peace. Um, so two Advents, we're considering the uh, coming and the waiting that we are on our Lord and Savior and Advent really is about waiting, and I hope that's something that you guys are catching uh, going on. We had one of the one of the guys this last week in the jails. We're considering and talking about Advent. He doesn't. He, he attends a traditional church, and he never heard about the second coming of Christ being a part of Advent. It's just something that's not spoken of. But we, as Bible-believing Christians, that's a huge part. Christmas, yeah, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. We understand his coming was very, very important. But we also understand he's coming again, and that gives us great hope. But in this waiting, okay, there's a certain kind of waiting, and it's neat as believers because we know the outcome, don't we? We know what the end of the book says. When he does come again, what's going to happen? And if you don't, read the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> it is good and we so look and don't we cry within you know lord come quickly i mean that's something we want to see his coming so even in the worst moments there's at least that hope of joy that we have as believers and that's what we're going to dig into this morning you see joy is a christmas thing and joy uh to the to the world we also read in first uh, sorry, in Luke 2.10, it says, I bring you good news of great joy. Isn't that cool? We all know that's a Christmas passage, but that's the message that was declared. Um, and the reality is, it seems to be elusive this time of year for a lot of people. Christmas is to be a joyful time, but we get so overwhelmed with all this stuff, we don't find joy. And it's sad. It's sad that we get too busy, that we're not making room for Jesus to enjoy him. Again, man's chief end is what? To enjoy Jesus Christ, to glorify him. And a lot of us, we don't find room to make that happen. So joy, it's also a Christian thing. You know, it's not just a Christmas thing. It's a Christian thing. I got to tell the barista at Starbucks at 5 o'clock this morning that, a little after 5. Anyways, <clears throat> I've gotten to know her a little bit. Uh, she's just moved up here from down south. And it was so cool to be able to just 
uh, Sherry, she asked, what are you doing today? Hey, I'm preaching on joy. <laughs> you know, hey, that's a seasonal thing. No, it's an everyday thing for a believer. You guys understand that? It's not just this time of year. That's not why pastors just preach on this this time of year. Okay, if we're diligent in studying the scriptures together, the joy of the Lord, we're going to find it all over the place. We've been given much joy as believers. It's a Christian thing. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And don't you love that? Okay, there's some of us, man, we probably want to get out of bed if we didn't have Christ, if we didn't find joy in him. This is our strength as believers. And you look at people, brothers and sisters, doing extraordinary things for the kingdom. It's just like, hey, I know them. <laughs> and the things they're doing, that's awesome. Where is that coming? Where is that strength for them to go do that? Where is that coming from? It's from the joy that we have as believers. So joy is what God wants for his people and really wants for the whole world. You guys believe that? Absolutely. Again, hey, I bring you good news. <laughs> okay? This, there's a great joy here in the message of Jesus Christ. It's for all people. And uh, Luke tells, I bring good news that you will bring great joy to all people. Okay? It's for all the world. Now, we also read in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy. Don't you love that? We're called to love God. But the second thing there in the list of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Joy. That should be a marker in the life of believers. We read in Psalm 16, verse 11, you will make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. So some of you guys might get a grasp, hey, I get joy, <laughs> you know, but this fullness of joy, I don't understand that. Well, the scriptures tell us that it comes from where? presence of the lord there's joy in that i truly enjoy coming to church with you guys every week i enjoy worshiping with you and it doesn't matter who's doing worship it doesn't matter if we have brother and sister from racine that you guys probably don't even know you know but hey they love jesus and we get to worship together and there's just joy in that man isn't there joy just bumping into another believer there's a young man this morning he was a hipster. You guys know what I'm talking about? They roll up their pants and have a nice fast sign. Sharp looking kid. Well, he was reading the good book and I had to sell him, hey, that's my favorite book. You know? It's like instant fellowship. There's just a joy there when we get together and we have that fellowship. But the Lord tells us wherever two or three are gathered in my name, what? I'm in the midst. He's present. And there's just something that happens when you get together with a brother or sister. Man, there's just joy. And I love that. Some of you guys look so forward to retreats, opportunities just to get to way into worship together, get together and have some intense fellowship. Why? Because there's just a sweetness being together with the Lord. So our God is a God of joy. And aren't you thankful? A lot of people look at God, man, that's just doom and gloom. Oh, read your Bible. Come hang out with us. You know? I love Christians because they're joyful. Sometimes it's goofy joyful. But we're joyful. We're wearing fun shirts today. Okay, I love it. Some of you guys have them lit up right now, which we're going to take a picture after service for everyone who wore a Christmas ugly Christmas shirt. Um, 
Anyways, I woke up this morning. I got mine on. She, you know, my wife put hers on. She had to stay home with Finn. He's not feeling well. But Finn comes downstairs and he's like, why do you guys have goofy shirts on? You know? <laughs> Stuff. Well, hey, we get to be a little goofy for Jesus today. And then Shalom, my youngest, gets up and she comes downstairs and she's like, you guys have funny clothes today. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, we should be able to have joy in the Lord. And it's not about what we wear. Actually, there's a scripture we'll talk about, about that later. Uh, but the point is, God is a God of joy. Check out this scripture in First Chronicles 16.27. It says, honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. I love that. I love that. Doesn't Acts tell us Repent. For times of refreshing will come in that. And there's just something about being in the presence of God. That refreshing. Why, why, why do we get that? It's because we find joy in the Lord. And I don't know about you guys, but when I'm around someone who's truly joyful in Jesus, it's refreshing to my soul. I just like hanging out with them. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. If you don't, you need to find some joyful Christians. Take them out for coffee or something. Um, but the reality of what the scripture is telling us is that his work is a work of joy for himself. It is a work for the whole world. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. This is the key. Some of you guys might not have this joy in the Lord. I can tell you probably don't have your eyes on Jesus. You probably have your eyes on yourself or things of this life. You see, it tells us here the champion He's our champion, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? He's a champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Don't you love that? Luke 5 or 1510 says, There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. It's so cool. Man, if we make it to heaven before he comes... And we get to hang out and as you know, sinners repent, turn to him, come to faith. Man, it's going to be, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a heavenly party going on and to be able to rejoice in that? The Bible says it happens. When you put your faith in Christ, a party broke out in heaven. There was joy going on. Psalm 67 verse 4 says, Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and you guide the people of the whole world. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or we drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Spirit. There's a world looking for these things, but it's in him. Do you understand that? It's only in Christ Jesus. There are people sitting in churches today trying to find it, but they're not willing to come to him they hear of Jesus, but they don't come to him. Because when you come to him, what happens? You are born again of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God does what? It gives you this joy. Joy. Psalm 30, verse 11. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, and you have taken away my clothes of mourning, and you have clothed me with joy. That's beautiful. John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things that you will be Filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And in Jude 
24 and 25, now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with what? Exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I love that scripture. He's able to present you faultless. But pastor, I feel dirty. I feel guilty. It's not about you. What has he done? He's redeemed you. He has cleansed you. And because of that, he can bring you before his presence, before a holy God, and to present you with exceeding joy. That's beautiful. So the joy of God is brought to the world through Christ. It's in Christ. Again, Luke 2.10 tells us, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that I will bring great joy to all people. This is for the whole world, okay? For those who believe that God just selects certain people, read the Bible, okay? The good news is for who? All people. And then the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. That's why I love Christmas. Don't you guys love this time of year? We as believers, we get to talk a little more openly than we normally do about Jesus. It's wonderful. So through God's love gift of giving of or us himself, okay, our response to that equals joy, doesn't it? When we think about all that he's done, there is joy in that. That's why I love preaching. I love sharing the gospel with people. It's just good. Why? Because I find joy in that. If you ask me what's my favorite thing to do, I'm going to tell you it's preach. And why? Because there's joy in the Lord. It's the most joyful thing that I've found in this life. So we see this reality of the joy that we find in you know the good news. But it's, it's the advent. It's his coming. Man, we blew it. I've read the scriptures from the get-go. Adam and Eve couldn't even do it in the garden right. And we just failed miserably from the get-go over and over again. But God, here's the good news. This is what he did. He so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. And because he came and died on the cross, we can be redeemed. Man, there's hope. There's joy in our God, in our Savior. But what about real life right now? That should be real life. But even for Christians, we get a little overwhelmed. Joy seems to be elusive. Okay, Christmas, isn't it all about Jesus? Isn't he the reason for the season? But why don't we have joy? <laughs> well, because we have to worry about all the other stuff, right? You know, I didn't have much joy this morning because I was trying to get cookies together last minute to bring to church, you know? No, there should be joy in doing that. There should be joy in all that we do. And sometimes the reality of life right now, it can be hard. You may be in a season where it's hard just being a Christian. Man, this is hard. I have family that won't even talk to me right now because I'm a Christian. And the elections didn't pan out the way they wanted. And I, have, I don't even really care about politics. And my family just hates me because I'm a Christian. And These things go on. It's part of life. We're not going to be liked. We will be persecuted if we live godly. Can we still have joy in that? Can we still have joy in God when things don't shake out the way we think they should shake out? Or those hard times, those trials come. Is God's work always easy, guys? 
No, do we always have joy in doing it? We should, but it doesn't seem like the reality we live in a lot of times. You see, joy is a feeling. That's the problem. Do you guys, your emotions ever get messed up? Mine do. Mine do. Especially if I haven't been in a sweet communion with my Heavenly Father. <laughs> you know, my emotions can get really, really weird. Um, but there, there's a reality with joy, okay? Being a feeling. You see, there, it's deeper than mere happiness. I hope you guys are catching that, okay? Joy biblically speaking, is not the same as happiness. It's much deeper. It's fuller than that. It's grounded in something more than our mere circumstances. Do you understand that? Okay. I tweaked my back a couple days ago. I'm in pain right now. But honestly, I have joy. <laughs> Why? Because I'm preaching. <laughs> I get to talk about Jesus. I like that. And that's the reality of what we have in God. There's something that trumps circumstances. Man, things didn't shake out the way I wanted. That meeting with that person, ugh, it was rough. My relationship over here is it's being strained right now. Those are all circumstances. And when relationships are well and everything's going our way, we can find happiness, okay? And I like to be happy. How many of you guys like to be happy? Absolutely. And Christians should be happy. But we're talking about joy this morning. This is like a whole nother level. This is a whole nother thing. You see, joy involves something more. It has to do with going God's way. You guys understand? When we're going our way and things are panning out, we'll find happiness. But this deeper thing, this fulfilling thing, this joy, that's a God thing. That's doing things His way. Now, joy is a command. It is a command. And aren't you guys glad that when we do things God's way, when we keep his word, even though it might not work out the way we want and we might not be happy about what happens, isn't there a joy we find in just doing what we know glorifies him and honors him? Absolutely. And we wouldn't trade that for happiness because it is greater in Psalm, check this out. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. So joy is a command. Joy is a command. And that's something we can have and we should have as believers. Philippians 4.4, 4, we have this on the uh, marquee sign at the Freedom Center. It's been up for years. And everybody's like, why don't you change that? Well, I'm lazy. And secondly, <laughs> this scripture is awesome. And I love that it's just there. Because thousands of people drive past that building on Oneida Street every day. And what do they see there every single day? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That's what people need to have on the forefront of their, their minds. Hey, <laughs> God's my creator. I'm his creation. He's asked me to rejoice in him. I need to rejoice in him. Man, I just got a phone call that I didn't want to get. And I got some news that I didn't want to hear. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> Again, I say rejoice. Okay? I'm a parent of a teen right now. And man, it's been a little stressful <laughs> right now at home. Hey, rejoice in the Lord. Hey, my mom and dad just don't get me. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> hey, Christmas is coming up and I got to go hang out 
with that family. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord, right? We need to be in that place of constantly rejoicing in the Lord always. I love 1 Thessalonians 5. It tells us rejoice always. Okay, It gives us a list of things to do, but it starts off with what? Rejoicing. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for my life? Um, <clears throat> rejoice always. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Pretty simple, isn't it? And do you guys think things would shake out a little differently in our lives if we would just do this? Just do it. Joy is a gift. It's also a gift. Isaiah 29 tells us this, verse 19. The humble will be filled with fresh joy from the Lord. Don't you love that? The humble will be filled with, I love that, fresh joy. Have you guys found joy in Jesus? Isn't it good? But isn't yesterday's manna kind of, eh, not that good? Aren't we told to have fresh manna every day? It's the same thing with the joy of God. And that does come, I believe, by partaking in him and reading his word. Because let me tell you what, when I read the scriptures, don't you guys find joy in that? Whoa, this is good. This is right. You're good, God. It's easy when I look to you to find joy. And he wants us to have fresh joy. That's why I love church. I don't know about you guys, but we come together for what? To stir each other up, to worship, to fellowship. Don't we find joy in those things? Absolutely. That's why it's good to be together. And you guys know when you haven't been to church for a while, I hear it from you guys. I can tell things are just different when I'm not in fellowship. And that's just the way we're made. We need the fresh joy of the Lord. Okay, and we need to put in our place, ourselves in places to make that happen. So we also find passages like this in Romans 15. It's a prayer. Now may the God of hope, okay, all hope, fill you with all joy and peace in what? In believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are to pray this, that we would be filled uh, with all joy, all joy. Not just a little joy, all joy. And again, I like joyful Christians, you know? If you have a hard time with this, honestly, ask them out for coffee. Pick their brain, you know? What's your secret? How do you find this joy in the Lord all the time? Because you think they have struggles just like you have? Yeah, but they've learned to have an attitude to put themselves in a place of, yeah, <laughs> no matter what's going on, I'm still going to recognize truth. I'm going to recognize the truth about my God, who he is, what he's promised, and I'm going to live in that, you know? And that's, it takes work. I wish we all could just have that attitude. Wouldn't you guys agree? Like, I, I just wish I had it. I don't. I have to work for that type of attitude. But surround yourself with people that have that. It can be contagious. So how do we experience this joy? I'm so glad you guys asked, because that's what we're going to look at this morning together here in 1 Peter chapter 1. So if you haven't turned there yet, please turn there in your Bibles. We're going to look <coughs> uh, through this chapter together. And the first point I want to look at with you guys is we're to have joy. And in having joy, it involves a promise. Okay, So there's a promise connected to our joy. So let's take a read here at verse 3 
in 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So there's a promise here. Did you guys catch what the promise is? It's an inheritance. Okay? You guys know what inheritance is? I hope so. And I look forward to this inheritance. Okay? There are things, earthly speaking, that you may have a rich uncle out there. <laughs> he may pass one day. And you might get a big inheritance speaking monetarily. Yay! That might bring some happiness. But when I read this and what's been given to us through Christ, this is the eternal inheritance, guys. It's one that you can't foolishly blow, waste. Okay, This gets me excited in what Peter has declared for you and I as believers. A promise that God has given to us, this inheritance, the fullness of our salvation. Okay, there's three tenses that have been thrown out for us in this passage. Okay, and here, well, we've been talking about Israel. Let's turn there. I don't have it in my notes. Let's open up to Isaiah 35 real quick. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the hope of Christmas, okay, and how important it was. And we considered Israel at length. We took a <clears throat> in-depth look into some of the things that they were facing, how hopeless they were. Here in Isaiah chapter 35, it's one of my favorite chapters um, in Isaiah. But it really speaks of this hope coming, a promise coming, which results in joy presently. Oh, good, it is Isaiah 35. All right, let's look here, guys. It says, The wilderness in the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. And it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to, and the excellent of Carmel and Sharon. And they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, and make firm the feeble knees. And say to those who are fear-hearted, be strong, and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance with recompense of God, and he will come, and he will save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the inhabitants of the jackals where, or where each lay, there shall be grass and reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there on the road, and it shall be called a highway of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. And no lion shall be there, and there shall be and there, nor shall any ravenous beasts go up on it, and it shall not be found there, 
but the redeemed shall walk there and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads and they shall obtain joy and gladness and their sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now all this joy that these people are to have are wrapped up into what? Promise. Do you guys see and understand why promise is involved with our joy? This is something that Israel had blown it. They were hopeless. They felt defeated. But God gave them a promise. And because of the promise that was given, it had not yet happened. But he had promised them this. And in that promise, they were to have joy, abundant joy, exceeding joy. So let's go back to 1 Peter 3. Didn't you guys like that chapter? Isn't that, yeah. I can't wait to go through Isaiah with you guys. 2017 or so. <clears throat> All right. Look at verse 5. This promise of this inheritance, okay, it's ready to be revealed on the last day. Verse 5. It's also purified and undefiled. So untouched by the effects of the fall, right? Okay. You guys ever inherit something that's just junk? It's falling apart. Might have been cool at one time. But man, it's, it's yeah. Well, this, guys, it's not going to decay, okay? It says, beyond the reach of change and decay. So it's lasting, no entropy, no rust, no dust, no outdating. And look at verse 3. We live with great expectation of this promise. This is how we, brother, sister, are to live in this expectation of this. And it's all grounded in the resurrection. Did you guys catch that as we read? It's grounded because Jesus overcame sin, hell, death. The power of the resurrection. We have this promise of this inheritance. It is a sure thing. We look forward to that. If you're looking forward to someone passing on so you can inherit something, man, this life is fleeting, guys. It's but a vapor. This is forever and ever and ever, and we so look forward to that. Also, having joy involves some pain. Okay, Having joy involves some pain. Let's look at verse 6 and 7 here. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. Again, we like that greatly rejoicing part, but really, God? You're going to allow testing and trials in my life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't honestly tell you guys I rejoice when trials come. I can tell you guys I've grown a whole lot in that area, though. It doesn't shake me the way it used to. And there is the trials that come, and there is the heart before God that, yeah, I know. I know this is going to end up being a good thing. I'm not looking forward to this. Why does it keep coming? But I know you're doing stuff in it. You guys can pray for me that I grow in that way. But I think that's what the Lord desires for us to do is to come to him and say, yeah, 
I hold to your promises. And even when the world gets a little crazy on me, (laughs) I'm going to still cling to you. I'm still going to keep the faith, knowing that you've also promised to work things out for the good. So having joy involves some pain. And it's so cool because we, again, know the end of the story, don't we? And we can have joy because of that truth. Check this scripture out. John 16, verse 22, it says, So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will, you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. That is a promise, guys. And you're going to go through it, but joy will come. And in that joy, it can't be taken away. So there is testing, okay? It's to strengthen. It's not for us to fail. It's not for us to flunk, okay? The testing's there to grow us. There's a purpose behind it, and we can find joy in that. Okay? At least I find joy in it because I'm not the man I want to be for my God, okay? I know I'm in a process. We're all being sanctified. We're here for his glory, And it is through life experiences, through the hardships, we grow, don't we? Okay. And in that, our hearts become more, I want to say settled. We grow, but we become settled in the things of the Lord. That, hey, when they come, they're not going to rock our faith like they might have in years past. I've gone through this already, and I saw your faithfulness. You were true. You held to your promises. And I thank you for that, God because things are shaking out now and it's not even phasing me like it once did. Okay, God does those things in our lives. So he yields greater joy as we trust him more. That's what verses 8 and 9 are telling us here in 1 Peter. Look at, look at Psalm 34 verse 5 here. It says, Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Isn't that cool? Those who look to God are going to be radiant with joy. Think maybe that's the secret to those people we know who have joy in their life. What are they doing? They got their eyes fixed on Jesus. That's what they're doing. That's where they're finding their joy. It's not in, oh man, if we're going to win out here, they got to beat Seattle this afternoon. And if they lose, my week is going to suck. I'm going to watch the game. I hope they win. But let me tell you what, guys, it's not going to really throw me. I'm not going to change. My hope and joy in Christ, what's set before me this week, isn't going to change because of what a bunch of guys wearing tights do. (laughs) You understand? It's in Christ. And we need guys to keep looking to him. So no shadow of shame will darken their faces. I love that verse. I hope you guys are taking notes that you go back and circle these scriptures in your Bibles. Uh, Just a few verses later in Psalm 34, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. My wife always tells me, you eat too fast. Enjoy your food. (laughs) I think we can say that of the Lord too. You know? Yeah! I'm a Christian. I get God time. I go to church once a week. (gasps) You know? And how often do we feel like we just rush in? Ooh, that was good. Gone. (laughs) You know? No, take time. Enjoy the Lord. Taste and see that he is good. Go back. Okay, man, if God ministered to your heart through some scriptures and your daily devotions, go back to those the next day. Chew on them for a while. Enjoy the Lord. Psalm 85 or 84, verse 5 says, What joy for those 
whose strength comes from the Lord. Wow. So, another point we find here in 1 Peter, having joy involves trust and faith. It involves trust and faith. Now, some of you guys this morning are probably in a place, hey, I find joy in the Lord. These are good truths. But we're all going to go through it where we need to continue in the faith. There's going to be times where something's going to rock us. But God's promise that he's going to what? Be the rewarder of those who've put faith in him. Hebrews 11.6. Okay? That's a promise he has for us. And we have things, as Peter lays out for us, that this, this piece of trusting him is so key to our joy. Look at verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. And though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, how important is it, guys? Continue on in the faith. Okay, this joy that God's given, we cling to it. Because right now, I don't know. Um, I'll throw up a picture later um, that I put up almost every Christmas. I forgot to do it this year, but I just it just reminded me. You guys remember the picture I have on Facebook? I photoshopped myself in at the birth of Christ. I'm going to put it up later. But I like the picture <laughs> because it's one of those things. How cool would it have been to be there? How cool would it have been there to hear the angels proclaiming the good news? hearing these shepherds going out and sharing that the Christ has been born. It would have been so cool. And I hope I'm here when the Lord returns. I think that's going to be pretty cool too. The world's not going to know what to do. But isn't it cool? wouldn't it be cool to hear the trump of God and hear God say, come up here. <laughs> Finally! Yes! You know, can't wait. But the thing is, we're stuck right now in between the, these advents. Right? We're in the middle right now. So, it involves faith right now. Though when we don't see, <laughs> we believe. We're looking back to the cross and we're looking forward to his coming. And didn't Jesus say, more blessed are you if you have not seen and yet believe? Didn't Thomas say, we want to see those marks. We want, I want to see for myself Jesus risen from the dead. And I want to touch those scars of his personally. Guys, there's a faith element that is needed for us. But I love what Peter lays out for us in here. That in this hope, this trust, this faith, we get to rejoice with joy inexpressible, full of glory. Okay. Brings up our next point that we find in verses 10 and on, that having joy involves continual, uh, continual pronouncement. Look at verse 10. Of the salvation the prophets have inquired... And they've searched carefully who prophesied of the age or the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And to them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you 
through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Man. So we had the prophets. We had the angels proclaiming the good news. We have the church, right? A beacon of light. It's to be that pillar of truth in society. Okay? Out making disciples. We have the Holy Spirit doing what today? Convicting people of sin, of truth, that they need a Savior. He's doing that into the whole entire world right now. You guys, these things took place. They came. They spoke. The first advent. Okay? Hey, Christ has come. Here's the good news. Go tell the world about it. Psalm 51 verse 8 says, Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. So again, we can have that joy to come again. I don't know about you guys, but there's times, and this has happened to me um, when I've been at uh, concerts. A Christian um, <clears throat> concert has taken place, and so many times they'll be playing their music, you're enjoying, you're worshiping, and then they take the opportunity to share the gospel because these Christian bands know that everybody that's come out, not everybody's born again. Not everybody has received in Jesus, and they begin to preach the gospel, and I'm sitting there, and it's like the first time again. You guys know what I'm talking about? I feel like I'm getting saved again. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> this is so good. And I'm a preacher. I preach this all the time. But just hearing it again, over and over again, that's why you guys have been encouraged. Preach the gospel to yourself. Why? Because it brings joy. Give me back joy again. So we have that in the pronouncement of the first advent but there's also joy in the second advent for those of us who've lost someone this last year isn't there joy that comes in the reality of the second advent the coming of christ because when he comes who's he coming with man all the saints that have gone before us there's joy in that it's hard when somebody who dies in unbelief but our hope is the reason why we share with our loved ones is we want them to be with us for all time. And we know that's only possible through Christ. And for those who die in Christ, let me tell you what, we look so forward to seeing them again. And it's hard to lose people. We as Christians prepare for death, but it's still hard when it happens. But we have a hope. There is a reality. We're going to see them again, and we get to be with them for all time. Now it's hard for you who are married. It's hard to be away from your spouse for a time. You know, <laughs> but you, you have that hope. Hey, they're only gone on this work trip for a few days or gone to that conference or whatever. You know, hey, he's working a double shift. I'll get to see him in 16 hours or whatever. There's always that hope of seeing them again. But when we lose a loved one, when they pass, it hits us so much more. But it's because we're living in the here and the now and our eyes are on the here and the now in ourselves. We've got to open up <laughs> and see the big picture. What's the reality? This life is a vapor. And I don't want to downplay it. Loss is hard. We should grieve. But we have a hope in Christ that does bring us joy. Brings us joy. I love this last week. Um, Personally, I can't take Facebook anymore. I, if you guys know why I'm on Facebook, I want to minister to people. But this junk, 
<laughs> the stuff that's on there, especially in the last few months, I'm just, you know, but I thoroughly, I was one night this last week, I was on Facebook for more than an hour and I don't do that normally. And there's this um, random acts of kindness that have been being done in memory of Olivia Stoffel. She would have been 13 on, uh, <clears throat> on the 7th. And here, there must have been honestly hundreds of people who just posted things that they had done in her honor. And let me tell you what, I read through them all, and there are so many more that you guys don't even know about. Just out this week in our community, bumping into people, things are being done that weren't even posted on Facebook. Isn't that cool? Things can be done without letting the world know about it. But it was just so refreshing that my whole news feed were just all these random acts of kindness. I'm like, man, what if we just did that normally? What if we just saw, you know, people loving each other, that that's what news would have to cover? There's so much bad out there. There's very little good. And when we see the good, man, there's just joy. Like, wow. And it's not about Olivia. Yeah, we want to honor her. She was a special girl. She loved Jesus. She did have a big heart. We at Freedom Fellowship here, we got to see that firsthand. We got to do life with her. We got to see her grow up. We saw her go to Honduras, sharing her faith, loving on people. We saw her living it for Jesus. And the reason why it's so good and these things are happening, it's all because of him anyways. It's really not about her. She had the heart she had because of him. And it's just like, man, if we could just keep stirring each other up to love one another, how cool. You know, and there's joy in that. How many people's, you know, weeks or days <laughs> were made just by little random acts of kindness? I saw so many testimonies, just little bitty things. It's so cool. I had one gal on Wednesday at the pantry ask me, she's like, Pastor, you know what's up with this? And she had a card and someone had dropped off at her house an ornament that said faith on it. And then she came to the pantry to get some food and she got a baggie with Olivia's card in it that had a bunch of chocolate candy in it. <laughs> She's like, what's going on? Well, what's going on? People are loving. Their eyes are off themselves. And giving and loving isn't just about family. It's about others. Just loving others. And we have this joy, guys, for us as Christians that we get to go and tell. We get to go and tell what God has done. And we get to share the hope. It is hard to lose people. Funerals, I'm actually okay doing funerals. I get nervous when I have to do them, but I get to share the hope of Jesus with people when they're broken, when they are grieving loss. There's a hope we have in Christ, and there's the eternal joy that we can have. All right. Let's start wrapping this up. The last point I want to point, from, <clears throat> point out for us this morning from 1 Peter, look at verse 13 and on. This speaks into joy involves obedience. It says to us as believers, therefore gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 
So the good news always leads to good behavior. Okay? If you've come to faith in Christ and nothing's really changed in your life, you really need to question if you really come to Christ. Because he's promised to give us his spirit. Not that we're going to be perfect and have everything figured out, but there are going to be things changing in our lives because his Holy Spirit's working in us and changing us. He's promised to sanctify us. So, the gospel changes us in our affections and our allegiances. Sometimes we do not experience joy joy because we are committed to pursuing mere happiness. Does that make sense? We're talking joy this morning. You might be, there's a disconnect, Pastor. (laughs) I'm not getting this. It's because we settle for the lesser so often. We're looking for happiness in the circumstances rather than truly looking to him and receiving from Almighty God. You see, we think we want happiness, which generally involves things going our way or getting what we want, but we actually want joy which involves us going God's way and giving him what he wants. And that is what it means to live in expectation of Advent. So that forgiveness has been brought to us, right? The first coming of Christ, the first Advent. And restoration is coming to us in the second Advent, in his second coming. So we live in a better way and with great expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. So even though we have many trials, tests, pains, we live in obedient expectation. Amen? So Psalm 90 verse 14 says, Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. So we're going to wrap up service this morning and partaking of communion together. So if I could have a couple guys pass out the elements and I want to just read through a few more scriptures. Have you guys been enjoying all these scriptures this morning? During our communion, I just want to conclude our time and I'm going to be speaking into this faith, okay? Expectation, even in the midst of trials, life, okay? There's scriptures that are there to encourage us, to equip us to do so. So please listen carefully. Psalm or sorry, Colossians 1.11 says, We also pray that we will be strengthened with all your God's glorious power so that we will have all the endurance and patience we need. May we be filled with joy in and by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 32, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. (coughs) Romans 5.2 says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Psalm 119 verses 1 and 2 say, Joyful 
are people of integrity who follow instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. Psalm 19 verse 8 says, The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. And the commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Psalm 32.11 says, So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All of you obey him. Shout for joy, all whose hearts are pure. And one last scripture out of Psalm 119 again, verse 143, it says, As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commandments. I hope you guys find joy in the word of God. I hope you guys find joy in the reality of what he has done. You find joy in what he did on the cross. Well, Pastor, that sounds a little morbid. Well, didn't Jesus say for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross? The cross is connected to joy, guys. You are God's joy. He loves you. And as we respond to that love, guess what? We find joy in him. Isn't that so cool? And that's our common faith here, guys. So let's partake together of the bread in the cup as we remember and rejoice in all that he has done. Emily, is your husband around? Cool. I asked these guys to play joy to the world for us, which I think is quite fitting in light of the scriptures we got to take partake of together this morning. So if you guys would please stand. Well, Father, we are thankful. And we are thankful for the joy that we do find in you, Father. God, it's... It's an experience unlike any other that we have ever known. We thank you for how sure it is. God, even when life gets rocky and crazy, Lord, we find, we find this sweet place that we can run to. And I do pray, Father, that you'd help us, Lord, to... Learn to enjoy you more and more every day, Jesus. We thank you for the declaration of the good news. We are so thankful, Father, for all that your word has declared. God, I do pray and ask of you, Lord, as we've been able to consider uh, words from our brother Peter and so many other passages this morning. God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would bring... Uh, those things to remembrance, God. Lord, the world sure likes to tell us a whole lot of things that aren't true. It's good at getting our eyes off of you. But would you please, in your goodness and your kindness, Lord, just uh, help us to remember, Lord, all that we've been given 
from you as your kids. Please help us to remember, Lord, just the joy that we have in our salvation. We thank you, Jesus. We do thank you, Father, for the good news that it truly is a joy to the entire world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven, heaven and nature sing. Sing and the heaven, heaven, and nature sing.